Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Isn't he? Yes. 
Amen. What a beautiful day, beautiful voice. Huh? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. One body, many parts. The only thing I know how to play is the radio. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know I'm here. <laughs> Lighten up the load this morning before we get the message that the Lord has prepared for me. All right, we're going to start this morning in Philippians chapter 2. Turn with me there. We are using the black Bibles in the pews, so please help yourself to it. As I always, as a reminder, the Holy Spirit will be taken over as I go into these scriptures. So please prepare your hearts and your mind to receive the message the Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning. Amen? Okay. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. See, I can't go back. <laughs> She's on to me. That's what it is. <laughs> That's all right, but I can go far. I can go forward. No forward. And as I was just a reminder, I'm keeping the candles lit to let us keep Jesus alive every day. Amen? The hope, the joy, the peace. All of us should have that. Shouldn't be just in December. Amen. Should carry on through the whole year. Amen. Let's keep the candle light. Let's keep that burning light in our hearts. Amen? Amen. That's just a reminder. Let's just keep it. It's beautiful there, too. All right. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Have the attitude of Christ. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Like I always mention, one body with many parts. We're all on the same road to bring us closer to Jesus and become like Him. Amen? One purpose, to become like Jesus. The very reason why he saved us. And it says in verse 3, don't be selfish. Selfishness and Christians should, is, is are mutually opposite of each other. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. If you go out in the world, the unbelieving world, they're so consumed in their own little capsule, they don't look around them to see what's going on. As Christians, we should always have our spiritual antennas up, always to see what's going on and how it can be a better example to God. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. 
No, I'm not stopping there. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Verse 12. This is, a, this is the meaty part of the scripture. Now we're really going to get something here. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. Apostle Paul speaking to the Philippians. Now we're speaking to Greystone this morning. And now that I am away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Now we don't know, we know that we don't work to get our salvation, but our salvation works. Amen. That's what it's saying. Work hard to show the results of it. The result of my salvation is what? Becoming more gentle, kind, and peaceful, and joyful in the Lord. All the fruits of the Spirit that God placed in our hearts. That's the result of it. Now, what else does it say here? Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So as a Christian and as a believer in Jesus Christ, we have the power, right? He's working in us to give us the desire and the power to do what pleases him, not ourselves. Can I get an amen? Big amen here. He gave us the power. We cannot carry out God's will in our flesh. And many Christians try to do it and they get up in the morning. I'm going to be better. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to be joyful. And that lasts about five minutes. Because we can't do it. I'm, I can't. But through him we can do all things. It's the spirit. That's why we have to grow spiritually. Now look what it says in verse 14. This is how you know if you're spiritual or not. This is going to show us how spiritual we're not. It says, do everything without complaining and arguing. All right. You might as well just open the door so we're all going to get out of here because all of us still do that. Thank God for his grace and mercy that gives us the power and desire not to do that. Who wants to complain and argue? That's all I hear out in the world. We don't need complaining and arguing in our church. We ought to be joyful and thankful and grateful at all times, knowing that God is the one who goes ahead of us and he has a plan for all of us, and the plan's not pleasing you, it's to please him. That's the, that's the reason why we get miserable. Now, it says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Why? So that no one can criticize you. So the unbelieving world can't say, oh yeah, that's just a bunch of baloney. You do the same things we do. I can't even tell there's a difference in you. That's why you do it. So they can see a difference. So they can see the Spirit working through us. Now look what it says. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Have all of us as believers of Jesus Christ are children of God. Can I get an amen for this? It says to live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world of crooked and perverse people. This was written over 2,000 years ago. It's saying in a world full of crooked, this is how much it progressed since then. We have the ability as Christians in this day and age to shine so brightly that you can tell the difference. It's like night and day. Because all the principles of the world are actually opposite of the, Christ, of the world, principles of the word. So if we're following the word of God, people can tell automatically that we, we follow Jesus. Because the principles are totally different. Everything's acceptable out there in the world today, but not for us. Can I get a big amen there? Amen. Right? And it says, look at verse 16. 
Hold firmly to the word of life. See that Bible in your hand? That's what he's talking about. Hold firmly to it. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Amen? But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, he said, pouring it out to get like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. You know how we put offerings in the basket? But our faithful service is an offering to God also. Can I get an amen for this? And I want all of you to share that joy. Amen? You should rejoice, and I will share that joy. As one body in many parts, we rejoice when we have to rejoice, and we, we sorrow, we are one body many parts. We suffer together, amen? And we rejoice together as one body. And we don't what? Judge each other or tear each other down like the world does. We build each other up in Christ, knowing that his grace and mercy is working in all of us. And all of us are at a different place in our walk with the Lord. So we shouldn't expect everybody to be like we are. Everybody has a different gift. Somebody has the gift of giving. Some has the gift of service. Everybody has a different gift. So don't expect everybody to do what you do. It doesn't work that way. One body with many different parts. Imagine if the church was just full of, of me, pastors. Then nobody would want to learn. Oh, we all know already. We don't need you. We don't need ten hands. We need one hand, two hands, two feet. Can I get an amen here? So, this is what a problem in Christianity is with people. Well, this is what I do. How come everybody isn't doing what I do? Because that's not their gift. That's why one body with many parts. So we rejoice whatever gift it might be that he gives you. Amen? We all have gifts and it's up to us to use them. All right, we're going to talk this morning about our resolutions. How are they working for you so far? Did they make it to the week? Well, let's find out. Let's, let's, let's talk about some, let's talk about making some spiritual New Year's resolutions. Amen? Some spiritual ones. Ones that go in deep. Okay, every January, millions of people begin their year with New Year's resolutions, losing weight, getting organized. I got to tell you about the losing weight, right? Saying, oh, man, every time I, that dryer keeps shrinking my clothes. But I said, no, it's not my dryer that's shrinking my clothes. It's my refrigerator. I got to get a new refrigerator. Something wrong with that fridge. Every time I open the door, my clothes shrink. <laughs> okay, we always got to blame it on everything, right? I'll start it in the garden. It was the devil made me do it. She made me do it. The girl you gave me made me do it. It was that food that stuck to me. It had nothing to do with me. I couldn't put a zipper on my mouth. Because let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit is guiding your life, he will govern you and give you the desires to not want more than you need. But the flesh always wants more and more and more and more. It's insatiable. Now, through the Spirit, we can do all things. That's why we need to make spiritual resolutions. Willpower doesn't work for a Christian. It's self-control given through a fruit of the Spirit from God. Amen? All right, so losing weight, getting organized, exercising more, eating healthier, managing finances, better are some of the most common resolutions. But what about making spiritual New Year's resolutions? We make commitments to tell our friends and family on January 1st. Only give it all up by January 3rd. 
But as humans, our struggle for consistency goes way beyond resolutions. Okay? Making commitments we can't keep runs all through society. Back to biblical times. In the Bible, James spoke of some people who can teach us valuable lessons about great intentions that aren't aligned to God's will. The vast majority of New Year's resolutions, even among Christians, are in relation to physical things. This should not be, okay? Many Christians make resolutions to pray more, to read the Bible every day, and to attend church more regularly. These are fantastic goals. However, these New Year's resolutions fail just as often as non-spiritual resolutions because there's no power in a New Year's resolution. Okay, resolving to start or stop doing a certain activity has no value unless you have the proper motivation for stopping or starting that activity. Okay, that's the problem, it's the motive. For example, why do you want to read the Bible every day? Is it to honor God and grow spiritually? Or is it because you have just heard that it was a good thing to do? Why do you want to lose weight? Is it to honor God with your body? Or is it for vanity to honor yourself? Right? If your motive is to honor God, then he will give you the power to accomplish it. Can I get an amen? And we just said it. He said, giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Amen? <clears throat> okay. If your motive is to honor God, then he will give you the power to accomplish it. Spiritually, people want an easy way to solve their marriage problems or to rear their children to succeed in life. And there are plenty of self-help books or spiritual experiences they promise to solve all your problems. But real lasting change only comes through disciplining yourself for the purpose of godliness. Note that the aim is godliness, not personal success. To be godly is to be like God, which comes through knowing him more deeply. Can I get an amen for this? And so the reason you should want to grow spiritually is not just to solve your problems and make life happier. You should want to grow spiritually so that you get to know the living God in a deeper way so that your life will glorify the Savior who gave himself for you on the cross. How about a big amen there? I'm going to encourage you to grow. I'm assuming that you have Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord and that your motive for wanting to grow is to glorify him and become like Jesus, the very reason God saved us. God saved you so you could become like his son. With something you could never do in the flesh, he gave you his spirit so you could accomplish his will for your lives. So our plans may or may not be God's plans. If we want to be successful for any New Year's resolution, we must seek God's will first. By his strength, we might lose weight, eat better, or become better stewards of our finances. What does God want for our lives when he convicts? He also equips us to follow through with the plan. When we know we are following God's plan, then we have more strength to stick with it. Amen. Allowing him to work well beyond our normal January 3rd quitting date. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we try something different? Do it God's way. Not our way. Like I said in Philippians 2. Now, go with me to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start there this morning as we continue this message. 
Am I coming across all right this morning? Yes. Amen. Philippians chapter 1. Give me a second to get there, and we're going to go into verse 6. Apostle Paul. Verse 6, Philippians 1. And I am certain, Apostle Paul said that he was certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So God's never going to stop working on us. He's never going to give up on us. We might give up, but he's never going to give up. Amen? And he said, I'm certain, and he's going to finish it until on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So he's never going to stop working on us. We are always going to progress towards the goal. It's never going to be complete while we're down here. So he's going to constantly mold us and shape us into the image of Christ. That's why we have to be very patient. Three days is not enough to change. Okay? You can't start on January 1st and I'm going to eat better by January 3rd. It's going to have to start very slowly, prayerfully, and ask God to help you instead of making a drastic change and starving yourself till you just blow up and then eat everything again. Start to be moderate and have the motivation of God. He says, do things in moderation. Say, Lord, give me the spirit of moderation so I can just, so I eat, I don't um, eat to um, live to eat, I eat to live. Can I get an amen here? Well, people just love food so much, you see it posted all over the book, and out on the internet. They go, click, well, look at that beautiful meal. Say, Listen, that's not what life is all about. That's not what life is all about. <laughs> James chapter 5, let's go. If you can't say amen, say out. Let me tell you, you're going to get the truth here. You're going to get the truth here. Because that's just going to help you. Is there anything wrong with eating delicious food? No. But that's not the old, that's not the, that's not why you're alive. You got saved so you could become like Jesus. And let me tell you, Jesus, the Apostle Paul, went many nights without even eating or sleeping or having a place to sleep. People do not get the concept of becoming like Christ. To become like Christ is a sacrifice, not a delicacy. Can I get an amen here? James chapter 5, look at verse 6 or 7. This 7, verse 7. James chapter 5, verse 7. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Here's the first thing that we give into. We become impatient. This isn't working. The heck with it. Patience is the fruit of the Spirit. As a believer, God put patience in your heart. Impatience is of the flesh. That's how you know if you're grown spiritually or not. You become more patient, more loving, more kind, more peaceful. These are the fruits of the Spirit that God put in everyone. But they have to be developed, just like anything else. Look, you too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. That was 2,000 years ago. It's closer now. You see it. It's closer now. Look what it says in verse 9. 
Don't grumble about each other. Ooh, ouch. Brothers and sisters, are you be judged? For look, the judge is standing at the door. Now look at verse 10. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. How about a big amen there? That's why through the Bible in a year is so important. So we can get the examples of God working in each life and how he does it. And it takes patience and endurance. And God gives us patience and endurance. And if you're not reading the word of God, you'll never get the patience and endurance you need to be successful in anything you take on as an endeavor in the world. That's why, and if you can't read it, guess what? I read it for you. So you can't say, oh, I can't do it. Oh, you can do all things, right? Through the pastor who reads the Bible for you. <laughs> Why did I do it? Because God told me to do it because I love you. So the people are without excuse. You know, he said, I need a big letter Bible. I can't see. Yeah, here we go. I hear that all the time. Well, then you're not. Oh, you get, get some headphones. Put them on. I'll say, I'll read it for you. That's how much I love you. Because that's the key to your life. The Word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, you got in your hand the owner's manual on how to live your life down here. Just like in the glove compartment of your car, it shows you how to. To keep that car running top notch through the life of the car. What do people do? They wait till the car breaks down, then they go in the glove box. They open the owner's manual. And what do we do with our lives? We make a complete mess of it, and then we open the book and say, okay, let me see how God can make it, see if God can do it. Then we open the owner's manual. Can I get any men here? It's the same idea, right? Then we get in the owner's manual and tells us God how to live. So, Oof, am I going to live like that? Yeah, you got to live like that because that's where the joy comes in crucifying your flesh. <laughs> now listen to what it says. You can see, right? The, as the farmer waits patiently for the Lord to bring the growth, but it doesn't mean he sits on his porch doing nothing. Okay? The farmer works hard work watering and weeding, repairing equipment, and completing all the daily chores. When a farmer does what a farmer is supposed to do, God is able to do the things that only he can do. It's not easy being patient. Would the Lord be honored if our bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit, were in better shape? Would he be blessed if our financial affairs were in order? Is it possible that he would use us mightily if we serve in a ministry or shared our faith? The answer to each of these questions is the same. Certainly the Lord can be in these things. However, committing to lose weight does not mean sitting on the couch with a bag of chips watching The Biggest Loser. <laughs> like the farmer, we must do what we need to do so that God can do what only he can do to produce the results in our lives. But why is it that we only make resolutions about weight, exercise, and money? God would be honored if we made spiritual resolutions. 
Read the Bible. Get involved in ministry at church. Share our faith with our friends. Make a step of faith that is so big that only God can make it happen. Resolve to represent Him no matter what the cost. Hebrews chapter 13. Go with me there. Everybody with me so far? You want resolutions to stick? Make the right ones. Hebrews chapter 13, please. Verse 12. By the way, I got like 13 cups of coffee. <laughs> so I might be preaching all day. So, Paul, lock the doors, buddy. There you go. a boy. <laughs> One body, many pots. I can't reach the lock. He can. <laughs> Gotta love it. Look at verse 12 of Hebrews. It tells us in Hebrews 13, verse 12. So also, Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates. Why? To make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are sacrifices that please God. You want to please God? He tells us what to do. Look at verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. The whole job of a pastor or a spiritual leader is to help the church grow and to find their, their gift in the body of Christ to build it up and build his kingdom. We go out and represent the way ministries when we leave here. You realize that, right? The next time you want to do something that's off, say, I'm not doing, I'm not doing it. Why? Because I represent God in the way ministries. Not for yourself, because we're self-destructive at our core. We do things that hurt us, we don't, and we keep doing it. But when we think about somebody else, then we don't do it. Because I love my brothers and sisters, and I love the Lord, so I'm not going to do it. And I get an amen here. 1 Peter chapter 4. This is a big one right here. 1 Peter chapter 4. As a Christian, as a Christian, the word is really loose these days, or as a Bible believer. 1 Peter chapter 4. Go with me to verse 19. 1 Peter chapter 4, look at verse 19. Unfortunately, to some, God also given us the gift to suffer for his namesake. Okay? Not just be blessed. To suffer for his namesake. Something that Christians don't want to hear. But that's part of the trip. 
is suffering. Everybody wants to get around suffering. But suffer there is no growth without resistance, my brothers and sisters. You cannot grow spiritually unless there's something resisting you to not grow. Just like I said, you go to the gym, you sit down, sit out at the weight machine, and wait to grow. But never touch the machine. Do you think it's going to happen? Well, no. You have to what? Put stress on the muscle so it gets broken down and builds itself up again. It's the same thing in the Christian life. You have to get broken down so he can build you up in his ways, but you have to endure the tests. Look what it says in verse 19. So if you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. And trust your lives to the God who created you. For he will never fail you. Quick fixes and worldly solutions will fail you. The Bible tells us that he will never fail us. But we got to do it his way. You want to succeed? You have to do it God's way. For some reason we think we, we know more than God. The owner's manual, even when we fix our cars, we think we know more than the owner's manual. That's why we don't open it. Oh, I can do this. I know how to do this, do that. Until your car don't start one day and find out there's a special code under the glove box that helps it if something goes wrong with it. Okay, any men here? No ouches today. Smiles are not. This is what we need to do. We need to grow spiritually. The best resolutions, okay? Here are a few possible resolutions we might consider before setting on any path in the new year. Spiritual resolution one, pray about it. Seek God's face and pray. David's prayer every morning for the next year, for, for Psalms 51. Here's the, here's, the, here's the prayer that I'm going to challenge you to pray every morning. Psalm 51, go with me. Psalm 51, look at verse 10. This is what you need to pray in the morning. Create in me a clean heart. So what's he trying to say? The human heart's dirty and wicked and deceitful. So who has to create the clean heart in us? God does. Then it says, oh God, renew a loyal spirit within me. What is it? Being loyal to God. We're so loyal to our flesh, because that's what it used to be in loyal to, that we obey it all too often more than we obey God. So what does he have to do? So he has to renew a loyal spirit within me. So what's the key to that? Confession and repentance. Again, amen here. Christians, don't, don't forget that you have to confess and repent. That cleans us. It keeps us cleansed. Right? And then it says... Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit or your spirit of holiness from me. What does it do? Does he take it from us? No. But you know what it is? When you're doing sinful things, you don't sense his presence with you because you know it's wrong. See, here's one thing Christians need to understand. God gives the unbelievers a bigger past than he gives us because we know what to do. They don't. So he holds us more accountable. 
So the chastening for a Christian is harder. Because we know what we're supposed to do. And then when we disobey him and God chastens us, we get all, we get all that line, God, I, I, I come to church. Yeah, but coming to church doesn't change you. You have to change by what? Obeying what, the, what you come and learn. And a big amen here? Spiritual resolution number two. Give your time and attitude to the Lord. Not only your time, but your attitude. How many of us still have bad attitudes? This one? Oh, please. Spare me. Spare me. Where's the lie detector? <laughs> this is a real church, okay? We're in a hospital to heal. All of us have bad attitudes. That's why we need a savior. Let's get it right. Given the right situation, our attitudes show up. Especially if we don't get our way, like little kids. But in big bodies, or like little babies. Okay, Colossians, look what it says. Let's resolve to give our attitudes to the Lord. Commit to making a difference at home, in the workplace, the marketplace, on the roads, and even in church. Oh boy. Colossians 3, we're going to close here this morning. Colossians 3, chapter 12. Time's up already. See, you're having fun, right? Colossians 3, chapter 12. Verse, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. <clears throat> this is something I want you to read over and over again. Okay? This is what we need to read over and over again. Right here. Colossians 3, verse 12. This is so you do not forget that God chose you for a reason. He chose you because he knew you could accomplish it. And it's an honor. Colossians chapter 3, look at verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. You know when you wake up in the morning and you put clothes on? This is what you're going to do every morning spiritually, okay? This is what you're going to clothe yourself spiritually. With tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Look at verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. We get offended a lot. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Above all, Clothe yourselves with what? Love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. See that love candle? That's, the, that's what binds us all together. 1 Corinthians 13, the love of God never fails. Three things that will last forever, right? Faith, hope, and love. And the strongest one is love. That's how you know Jesus lives in you. Look, it binds us all together with perfect harmony. See, when you have the love of Christ... In your heart, it binds us all together in perfect harmony. We have no failures or faults with each other. Because we're all doing things out of God's love. We all love God and everybody else. Look at verse 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ, or that comes from learning the word of God, rule in your hearts. You're going to two enemies. The flesh and the devil is going to try to rule in your hearts over who? Jesus. But with the two things, the flesh and the enemy, we have something greater. We have the Trinity. God above, 
The Holy Spirit that resides inside us and Jesus who walks alongside us. Three over two so we can, we can succeed. Can I get an amen here? The, heart, the flesh and the devil competing against the Trinity is no match. But the flesh cannot win. And the flesh will always win without the Spirit. Now, look at verse 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And when I get my way, be thankful. Oh, it doesn't say that. It says always be thankful. Let me tell you something. When your attitude stinks, which often does, you've got to be thankful. That's what knocks it out of the park. Lord, I know what's going on in my life right now. I'm not happy about, but thank you that I got up this morning. Thank you you have a plan for my life. Thank you I have a church to go to. Thank you that I can breathe. Thank you that I can see. Thank you that I have a warm shower that I can take. Thank you that I have the ability to complain. Thank you, Lord. And then it what? Takes away all that misery. Be thankful. Now look what it says in verse 16. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your life. Let the word of God become you. In all its richness, fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. How about a big amen there? It says you're a representative of him. So whatever you want, whatever you do, or whatever you say, you're representing Jesus, what comes out of your mouth. So just remember that next time when the wrong stuff wants to come out. And don't let don't sin by letting anger control you. Because anger gives a foothold to the devil. When you get angry, all bets are off. Always be thankful and represent the Lord, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. So I leave you with that. We're going to close this morning. We're going to, uh, the ushers are going to come up, take up the collection, and we're going to close. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to stand and Brittany's going to come up and sing. We're going to close.
comments and prayer to our Lord, our King, how great thou art, Lord Jesus. And Father, we just thank you for this fantastic message. And Lord, today as we leave our royal family, may we take the Advent, the spirit of Advent, those candles, may may we focus them in our spirit, may we see the candle of hope. Thank you, Jesus, you filled our life with hope. Yeah. The peace he promises in our lives, no matter what's going on, if we focus on him. The joy, the beauty of joy and the love. The love that God so loved the world that he gave his only son and he loves us, as Jeremiah 31.3 says, with an everlasting love. May we take this spirit and this message with everyone we meet. And may we just thank the Lord for joy, because all through the Bible, joy, joy. On the Old Testament, when they humbled themselves to the Lord, what joy they felt. Yes. Apostle Paul, all his suffering, all he says is rejoice, have joy, joy, all through the scriptures. And we, one day, with our Heavenly Father, will be filled with joy, the joy we can carry in our hearts today as we leave here. And may we spread that joy, the joy of Jesus first, others second, and putting ourselves last. Yes, and in Jesus' name, we thank you for all your goodness. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you. Thanks, Cindy. The service is over. I love you all. Have a great day. Until we meet again, God bless. Peace. Peace.